Somebody shout a powerful amen. amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's pray together. Father, we rejoice that this morning we are guaranteed answers. And thank you that this is the confidence that we have in you that whatever we ask in accordance with your will, you hear us. So thank you for the answers. We receive answers this morning. So we have utterance and boldness. We have revelation knowledge. Everyone connected to this service is built up, equipped, edified. We decree that by the end of this service, we'll all be the better for it. Thank you for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer sees a powerful amen. amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our feet together. As we say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the word. The word of God is my nature. I'm not moved by the things I see around. I'm not moved by circumstances and situation. The word of God is final authority in my life. I am what the word says I am. I have what the word says I have. I can do what the word says I can do. And I declare that this morning, by the revelation of God's word, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. And every believer says a powerful amen. amen. We want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of our social media community. We are so glad to welcome all of you brothers and sisters to this wonderful service this morning. And we also want to welcome all of the Aquaibom State community connected to the service by way of Comfort FM, XL FM, Radio Aquaibom, Unio FM, Inspiration FM, Heritage FM. We're so glad to welcome everybody to the service. Do me a favor. Call a friend, a loved one, a family member, somebody you love. Ask them to tune to this radio station right now. Life is flowing through the airwaves. I also want to ask our social media community. You know we're all committed to this commission. To reintroduce Jesus to this generation. Equipping believers to know who they are in Christ. What they have in Christ. And what Christ can do through them. And it is that vision that is driving all of us to fulfill the mandate of Jesus in our generation. So do me the same favor you've always done. Share the video on your page and share the video with all the groups on your page. Join as many groups as possible. Put them on monogram, telegram and drop them on WhatsApp groups. Let's get this gospel to the ends of the earth. And especially the series we are beginning this morning is a series you don't even want your enemy, if there's anything like that, to miss out on. It's going to be a series that will change your entire life forever. So get everybody you love to hook up to this broadcast. If you're a husband, don't leave your wife out. If you're a wife, don't leave your husband out. And if you're a parent, don't leave your children out of the broadcast, out of this teaching. It will change your life forever. We want to welcome all our campuses around the world. What a joy to have everybody connected. Hey guys, are we excited to be in the service this morning? If you're excited, can we give the Lord Jesus the greatest shout and celebrate? Glory! amen you can be seated with your sweet smart self this morning let's get into the word of his grace <clears throat> we're beginning wisdom for living wisdom for living second corinthians chapter 5 verse number 17 second corinthians chapter 5 verse number 17 therefore if any man be in christ he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 
He is, if your, your Bible was mine, I will underline, He is a new creature. I will underline, old things are passed away. I will underline, all things are new. The previous verse drives home the point. Look at verse 16 of that scripture. Verse 16 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. Give me the amplified of that verse 16. The amplified translation of verse 16. Consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view in terms of natural standards of value. No. Even though we once did estimate Christ from a human viewpoint and as a man, yet now we have such knowledge of him that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. You know, many believers don't know how to go about the new relationships that we're into. The man is a new creature. The man is a new man. But many believers don't know how to handle the different relationships that they're exposed to in life. Please listen very carefully. You succeed in life via relationships. You fail in life via relationships. You are stagnant in life not because God is not on your side, not because the devil is against you. You are stagnant because of mishandled relationships. There's a lot of noise on my monitors. If you need to come physically here and fix them, do that quickly. I'm not even hearing myself. Where is Edikan? Is he in this service? Okay. Whatever you need to do. Because the noise is... <clears throat> Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's give him a few seconds to sort himself out. Amen. It doesn't require tongues, don't worry. Praise God. <clears throat> Praise God. Hallelujah. I told you it doesn't require tongues. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. If you fail to do what you should do on Saturday, you will do it on Sunday morning. Amen. Yeah. Did I say something? If you fail to do what you should do on Saturday evening, you will do it on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. All right. So many believers are born again. They are born of God. 
they have become new creatures in Christ Jesus, but do not know how to handle relationships. And so many times I see believers asking for prayers. Oh, pray for me, pray for me. And we even pray for them and it looks like God is not answering the prayers. It has nothing to do with God. It has everything to do with the kind of relationships you have nurtured, you have sustained, you have built, or you have failed to nurture, or you have failed to sustain, or you have failed to build. No man is an island. You were born into a home. Nobody fell from the sky, including Jesus, who is God. Nobody just appeared. Everybody came from a family because life is about relationships. But when you fail to handle relationships the right way, you will live on earth as if though you fell from the sky alone. You're not poor because you don't have money. You're poor because you don't have sustained relationships. You're not poor because you have nobody. You're poor because you have not you don't have the right approach to relationships. So people succeed and fail via relationships. God Almighty will not come from heaven and force people to relate with you nicely. He has already done the best he can do for you to keep you in a planet with relationships. Grew in a home. Even if you didn't know your parents, some parents brought you to the world. Even if you don't know who they are. And if you don't know your immediate parents, there are relatives, uncles, nephews, cousins. All those are relationships. There is nobody on earth that is an island. Nobody. So relationships are critical. Now, if any man in Christ... He's a new man. So now, before we got born again, we had relationships. Then now we got born again, and we do not know how to handle these relationships via the new life that we have. So we're going to examine how to handle relationships in the light of our new identity, in the light of our new personality. Remember that the word of God is the wisdom of God. Remember that God is wiser than us. Whatever he tells us to do is what we should do. Because he is the all-wise God. So as we begin to examine the wisdom of God and the new creation in his relationships, please, I want to beg you to... If you have ever failed to attend any series complete, don't fail to attend this one complete. It's important so that you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't wear us out with prayer requests. You don't make it look like what we are teaching you is not working. So that you don't make it look like God is not favoring you. It's important you pay attention. Now, Look at that verse 16 again of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 16, the amplified version. <clears throat> Consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view in terms 
of natural standards of value. No. Even though we once did estimate Christ from a human viewpoint and as a man, yet now we have such knowledge of him that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. That means the minute you are in Christ, the way we estimate people, the way we see people has to change or has changed. The moment you are in Christ, your viewpoint of people has to change or has changed. Henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Now, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 24. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 24. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 4 verse 24. And that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So if you are in Christ, you are a new creature right now. You are a brand new man. If you are in Christ... You are a new species that never existed before. How are you in Christ when you believe the gospel? How are you in Christ when you believe the gospel? And when you believe the gospel, you are now a new creation. A new creation means a new breed, a new race of being that never existed before. Look at First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. First Peter chapter 2 verse number 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. A peculiar breed. So the man who is born again is born of the spirit. He is a peculiar person. He is not from the natural point of view anymore. He is from the scriptural point of view a son of God. First John chapter 3 verse 2. First John chapter 3 verse number 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Were we always the sons of God? No. We became the sons of God by believing the gospel or by virtue of salvation. John chapter 1 verse 12. But as many as receive him. To them gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So, there was a right given to people to become the sons of God. How? When they believe. Not everyone is a child of God. And sometimes you have people say, you know, all of us as children of God, you are not well taught. Not everybody is a child of God. You can only call yourself a child of God when you are born by the gospel into the family of God. Only those that God gave birth to are children of God. 
others are created by God. There's a difference between those he created and those whom he gave birth to. They are two different things. Alright, so you become a son of God when you believe. Not everyone is a child of God. Remember, Jesus called some people in John chapter 8 verse 44. John chapter 8 verse number 44. You are of your father the devil and the loss of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. So he called the Pharisees the children of the devil. So that means not everybody is a child of God. You are only a child of God when you believe the gospel. And when you believe the gospel, you are born again. Once you are born again, you are now a child of God. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 1. And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Next verse. Wherein in time past... You walked according to the cause of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. Children of disobedience. Those who have not believed the gospel, they are naturally possessed by the devil. Anybody, and I don't care how nice he is, that is not born of God is a child of the devil. In fact, they don't need to pray for demons to possess them. It's in their nature. A man that is not born again is naturally possessed because they have refused the gospel. So they are now called the children of disobedience. Look at verse 3 of Ephesians chapter 2. Verse number three, among whom also all of us here had in the past our conversations in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we are by nature, by nature, if your Bible was mine, I will underline that, we were by nature, not by consent, by nature, the children of wrath, even as others. Even as others. That word conversation, um, also we had our conversation, is the word behavior. We had our behavior. So, we were not always children of God, but we believed the gospel, and by believing the gospel, we became children of God. And based on that, Brother Paul says we are all new creatures, or new species, or new breed, or new race, or being that never existed before. Are you still in the building? Look at Ephesians chapter 5 verse 6 to 8. I'm laying foundation, please stay with me. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Next verse. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For you were sometimes darkness. 
But now are you light in the in the Lord? Walk as children of light. Can somebody say very loud with me? I am a child of light. So he now says, you were sometimes a child of darkness. But now you are a child of light. That's important for us to consciously, deliberately, and intentionally know that we have a new identity in Christ. We have a new identity in Christ. When you are born again, the major decision you have to make, the major pursuit you have to pursue is the word of God. That is to grow as a Christian. Look at First Peter chapter 2 verse 2. First Peter chapter 2 verse number 2. <clears throat> as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the world. That you may grow thereby. Desire the sincere. The word sincere there means unadulterated pure pure milk of the world that you may grow thereby second peter chapter 3 verse 18 <clears throat> second peter chapter 3 verse 18 but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ to him be glory both now and forever amen grow in grace so the pursuit the pursuit of any believer is the pursuit for knowledge or for spiritual growth so there we are we we have to grow the word grow means to change grow when we say grow what we mean is change growth means things have to change like when a child is growing up, things change. He was crawling and after a while, he starts walking. When a crawling child starts walking, what is happening to him? Growth. He was on breast milk, but after a while, he starts eating. When a child that was on breast milk starts eating, what has happened to the child? Growth. So growth means change. Growth means change. When we say you are growing, what we mean is you are changing. He develops in all areas. Even his socialization develops. As a child grows. Where he, is, he couldn't pronounce words before. So that limited his socialization. And after a while, he starts saying some words. And by virtue of those words, he begins to talk to everybody in the house. His socialization develops. Why? The child is growing. Mm -mm, please stay with me. When it comes to Christians as well, there are changes that are made in his own life. Changes. Growth means that things are challenged and changed in your life. Things are challenged and changed in your life. Growth means that things are no more the way they used to be. Growth as a Christian will mean that your pursuits in life will change. The things you used to pursue before, 
you change from pursuing those things and have completely new pursuits. Your pursuits change. When you got born again and became a brand new person and you begin to grow in the knowledge of Christ, your priorities change. Your pursuits change. Your priorities will also change along with spiritual growth or along with growth as a believer. Because remember, you were darkness, but now you are light. You were darkness. So the things you pursued was within the spectrum of your identity. Your priorities were within the spectrum of your identity. Now you are light. So your pursuits definitely changes and your priorities also change. Why? Because the identity has changed. It's not the same person that was there that is now here. Please stay with me. So when you are growing, things will change. Please listen carefully. It's not like you will change them to grow. Uh -uh. You don't change things to grow. But when you grow, things change. You don't have to change anything. But if you're growing at all, things will change. We are not saying you must change for you to grow. Please don't get me wrong. What we're saying is that as you are growing, things will naturally change. You don't have to make efforts for change. You don't have to struggle to change yourself. No, just eat and grow. As you begin to grow, things will naturally change. It's not that you change them to grow. A child does not develop his speech to grow. He doesn't develop his speech to grow. But as he grows, he develops speech. Are we teaching? So when you're growing in the world, things change. When you're growing in the word of God, things change. Don't focus on trying to change. That's not Christianity. Don't focus on trying to change. Focus on growth. Don't focus on trying to change. Focus on growth. Eat well. Eat the right food. Give yourself to eating. Focus on the growth. Focus on the word. How do you grow? You grow in grace. You grow in knowledge. So focus in knowledge focus in the grace of god and when you are growing in the world the change is automatic when you are growing in the word of god the change is automatic and this is the difference between religion and the life of christianity religion is go and do this then this will happen that's religion that's not christianity the life in christianity is you receive the word of God and as you continue to receive the word of God, things will change around you. That's Christianity. You focus on the word. If you can change, you don't need God. If you can change, you don't need Christ. So, focus on Christ. And when you focus on Christ... The reality of Christ in you will produce the changes.
Oh, thank you, Lord. As you grow, you get to know more of who you are in Christ. You get to know more of what Christ has done in you. Changes will be occurring. Sometimes you will even be aware of the changes. It's people around you that will notice that this guy is not the way he used to be. This guy has changed. A pastor called me from Tennessee. Actually sent me a long email. And then requested that he wants to be my son in ministry. He wants to be my son in the Lord. Because he has fed on my teachings with his wife for five years now. And they have decided... That of all the people they have met all over America, they have not met anybody who has impacted and affected them the way I have done. So they want to submit themselves and their ministry to me. So we, uh, we scheduled a Zoom call. And then we came on the call and then we started talking. I, they introduced themselves to me and I was glad to meet them. I was honored to meet them and we started chatting. Then the husband said, it was my wife that met you first in Philadelphia. When you came some years ago to preach. I remember when I went to Philly, we were in America, and I took off to Philadelphia a few years ago. And then I went to preach for this guy who, who, you know, um, who met me and wanted me to come and preach. So I got there and I preached, and there was a woman in that meeting that was excited, you know. And then she was so blessed, I didn't know who they were. I just preached two short days and I left. But they bought my books and materials. The wife said, I am that lady that flew all the way to Philly. To that conference, I bought your books, I brought them home, and I began to listen to your teachings. I listened to the righteousness of God 19 times. At a point, my husband became uncomfortable that I was giving more attention to you than to him. Because I will sleep with your teaching, I will wake up with your teaching, I will go out with your teaching, I will come in with your teaching. And my husband was becoming jealous, and he said... You've never listened to my teaching half this way. How come you're listening to this man? So she said she went in prayer and God told her, Do me one favor, my daughter. Don't listen to that teaching when your husband is around. Listen when he's not there. So she withdrew and started listening to me outside home. When she goes to the office, she will listen. When she's coming home, she won't listen. When the husband is out, she will listen. And then suddenly she started telling her husband, but that Dr. Damina I was listening to says the same things you say. And the man said, well, but you listen to him more than you listen to me. Anyway, long story short. After a while, the wife said, the guy came home and he said, please, where is that man of God's teaching you are listening to? Can I have his materials? I want to listen. So she gave him the books, gave him everything. He too started listening and became more addicted than the wife. And the wife said, I didn't tell him, can you now see what was happening to me? She said, I just left him. I didn't, I pretended like I didn't see what was happening. And he said, after a while, the man said, what you said about this man is accurate. This is the man we need to follow. And she was happy in her heart. So the husband said to me, Dr. Damina, the reason why after a while I went to my wife to ask her, to give me your materials was I observed the change in her life. I just saw that my wife was a different woman. Everything changed. And when I noticed the change, I knew there was something to what you were teaching that I too will need. That's what drove me to get the materials. The change I saw in her. 
Because the truth is, when you begin to grow spiritually, change is inevitable. You don't change to grow. You grow for changes to occur. You grow for changes to occur. Please stay with me. This is very important. So, when you are growing, obviously, the things you used to pursue, the things that were dear to your heart, will suddenly change. Suddenly change. I find it difficult to understand how a born again believer is a brother is attracted to an unbelieving girl. I find it difficult how you can be attracted to a girl that is not born again. And I find it difficult to understand how a sister that says she is born again is attracted to a boy who is not born again. It, it, I find it. it, it I don't know what to say it's strange it's strange it doesn't make sense at all because something has to change if you're truly born again and if you're growing you were darkness now you're light why should things in darkness be attracting you are you really in light you were darkness. Now you are light. And darkness is attracting you. It doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. You had an ambition as an unbeliever. Now you are a child of God. You are still pursuing that same ambition. It doesn't make sense. That means you are not feeding on the word of God. You are not feeding on the word of God because if you are feeding on the word, your thinking pattern will change. Your thinking pattern will change. If you are feeding on the word of God, the relationships you keep will change. If you are truly feeding on the word of God, the relationships you keep will change. If you are feeding on the word of God, the things you do will change. You will not change them for the word. But the word will change them as you receive the word. These are key fundamentals. You and I will need to put into practice. You know we are examining the relationships of the new creation in wisdom for living. We have read two to three scriptures that talk about who we are. We're going to see another clear distinction about who we are today because Jesus said, and we will refer to it in a moment, about how the Father should not take us out of the world, but keep us in the world. Jesus said the Father should not take us out of the world, but keep us in the world why because we are in the world but we are not of the world we are not of the world we are in the world but we are not of the world so in this world that we are in we are going to have relationships with people that are not like us we are going to have relationships with people that are not like us. And we will relate with people also that are like us. 
We relate with people that are not like us and we relate with people that are like us. And the Bible instructs us on how to go about it. So let's get into this word. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14. Mm -mm. 2 Corinthians 6 14. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Who is an unbeliever? Anyone who has not believed the gospel. Anyone who has not believed the gospel. So he calls you a believer. He calls the other unbeliever. He calls you righteous. He calls the unbeliever unrighteous. Look at that 14 to 16 again of 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God as God has said I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people give me the amplified of verse 14 to 16 amplified version do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers do not make miss do not make mismated alliances with them or come under a different yoke with them inconsistent with your faith for what partnership has right living and right standing with god with iniquity and lawlessness or how can light have fellowship with darkness what harmony can there be between christ and belial the devil or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever what agreement can there be between a temple of God and idols. For we are the temple of the living God. Even as God said. I will dwell in and with and among them. And will walk in and with and among them. And I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Very clear. He calls it mismatched alliances mismatched alliances it doesn't work and it can't work he says where is the link between the believer and unbeliever he says there's no link there's no connection and in the adjectives he describes light and darkness and if you know light and darkness they never meet if you know light and darkness, they never meet at all. It's either it's dark or light. It's either it's light or dark. He's saying, where is the meeting point between darkness and light? Where is the meeting point between Christ and Satan? Where is the meeting point? He said, how can there be an alliance? Where is the association? He says, where is the friendship? 
Because you are now a new creation. A new creation is the righteousness of God in Christ. Who is a new creation? He is the righteousness of God in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. That is the new creation. A new creation is light. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8. A new creation is light. For you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So the new creation is light. The new creation is the temple of God. The new creation is the temple of God. 1 Corinthians 3.16 and 1 Corinthians 6.19 1 Corinthians 3.16 and 1 Corinthians 6.19 You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. A new creation is Christ within you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So a new creation is Christ within you. Colossians 1.27 Colossians 1.27 to whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So, brother Paul now says, where is the alliance? Where is the bond? How did you get the bond to bind you with an unbeliever? How did you arrive at an alliance? Of intimacy. Where an unbeliever is now your confidant. He advises you. How did it happen? How, how, how did it work? Where is the connection? Where is the bond? At what point did this association start working? In other words, our relationships have changed. Our relationships have changed. The way we relate. Who we relate with has changed. Amos chapter 3 verse 3. Amos chapter 3 verse 3. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Myself and darkness don't agree. So we cannot walk together. It will be a mismatched alliance. Myself and darkness don't have anything in common. Walk together. Can two walk together means alliance, association or friendship. Can two have an association, an alliance or friendship together? Except they agree. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20 amplified. Proverbs 13 verse number 20. He who walks as a companion with wise men is wise. But he who associates with self-confident fools is a fool himself and shall smart for it. He's a fool. He's not just a fool. He's a fool. He that walks with fools is a fool himself. The wise walk with the wise. 
They relate with the wise. The companion of fools, he says, they perish together. In another translation. They perish together. Say with me everybody very loud. I am what the word says I am. I have a new identity in Christ Jesus. I have no fellowship with darkness whatsoever. The book of Ephesians contains a lot of instructions for us. And we will get there eventually. But let's imagine what the word of God talks about. Ever since I came into the word of God and understood certain things. And understood who I am in Christ. There are things that don't even cross, cross my mind. I don't even think about it. They don't even cross because they are alien. They are strange to my nature. I can't even think about it. Because it won't even work. Because the environment for it to settle is not there. So where is the meeting point between a believer and unbeliever? What was the subject of discourse that made you and an unbeliever to be so bonded that you're confiding in each other? Where? What was the subject matter that bonded two of you till you are number five and six? Light and darkness? Shatobalai. Let's see what Jesus calls the world. I mean the world. From Ephesians chapter 2 we read. And agreed. That anyone not in Christ is of the world. Did we read that? Let's see how Jesus describes the world. John chapter 17 verse 14. I have given them thy world. And the world had hated them because they are not of the world. Even as I am not of the world. The world have hated them. So Jesus says, the world hates you. The world hates you. Say with me everybody very loud. The world hates me. You need to say that until it settles. The world hates you. Look at verse 15 of John 17. John 17, 15. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Next verse. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. 17 sanctify them through thy truth thy word is truth the word sanctify means to keep away from keep them away from so the way we are kept away from the world is by the word we are kept away from the world by the word The word of God is our sanctification in the world. The word of God is our sanctification in the world. So he says, the world hates them. 
Of course, I, I hope you know by now in church that the world is different from the earth. The earth is not the world. The earth refers to things. A good car is not the world. A good house is not the world. See that? A good shoe is not the world. A good suit is not the world. A good wristwatch is not the world. Psalm 24 verse 1, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. Brother Paul made reference to it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 24. So, the world refers to the influences or the activities. The world refers to the influences or the activities, not the things. Cars, television, houses, jets, jets, guns, cars, clothes, do not have a life of their own. They are things that are lifeless. So the world does not refer to things. The world refers to activities. The world refers to thought patterns. Activities. Thought patterns. So Jesus says, keep them from the evil one. Why? John 12, 31. Keep them from the evil one. Why? John 12, 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. The prince there is ruler. The prince of this world is the ruler of the thought patterns or the ruler of the activities that oppose the gospel. The ruler of this world. Who is this God or prince of this world? Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Verse 4. In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, shall shine unto them. To them that are perishing. So who is the God of this world? Satan. Satan is the God of this world. He says the world hates the church. The world hates the world. The world refers to Satan's dominion in the hearts of men. The world refers to Satan's dominion in the hearts of men. Who have not believed the gospel. The dominion of Satan in the heart of the unbeliever. The man who has not accepted or believed the gospel. Ephesians 2 to calls that spirit. The spirit that now walks in the children of disobedience. So when he says the world, don't look at things, look at people. 
Don't look at things. Look at people. When we say people, we are talking about the influences of people. What influences people? What informs the way they think? What is behind their thought process or their thinking pattern? Look at 1 John chapter 2 verse 15. Please pay attention. 1 John chapter 2 verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now observe. Put that scripture up again. If you are very observant here, by now you should be having a question in your mind. Love not the world, neither the things. Neither the things. And I have told you that the world is not things. See that? So that question should have been in your mind if you are observant. And if it was not, then you, you need to pay more attention. It means I have just caught you distracted. So, love not the world, neither the things. And I have already told you that things are not the world. So why would John use things here? Look at the next verse. He explains the things in his context. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. So the things there is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. The lust. So the world runs by desires. The world runs by desires. The world runs by thinking pattern. There's a pattern of thinking called the world. The loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, the pride of life. Look at First John chapter 2 verse 17. Please pay attention. And the world passeth away. And the loss thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Say with me very loud, I am not of the world. Please can I hear your voices? Look at James chapter 4 verse 4. <clears throat> ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. He does not need exegesis very clear a friend of the world is an enemy of God why we are not of the world first John chapter 5 verse 4 whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith. Galatians 6.14 But God forbid that I should glory 
save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. The world is crucified unto me, because my glory is in the cross of the Lord Jesus. Say again, I am not of this world. When you say that, what you mean is we don't belong to Satan. When we say Satan, don't be thinking of an image that is sitting with two long horns. You have left world, you have gone to Nollywood, Bollywood or Crazy Wood. Satan does not act like a superhero. The Bible tells us where Satan is located. In the hearts of the children of disobedience. Any unbeliever you see is Satan's dwelling place. Including your father and mother that are not born again. Very hard. Including your brothers and sisters. Or your wife or husband that is not born again. They are containers of Satan. Satan doesn't visit them. That's where he dwells. Maybe that will that will help you to pray and get them saved. Imagine living with Satan in the same house as a wife or a husband. Imagine Satan cooking for you. This should have brothers that are eyeing some girls that are not in church. I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm just giving you the word of God the way it is. So he now warns you we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So all these fall down and die churches, all these fall down and die prayers, they have not left African magic. Those prayers are still juju and sorcery, rebranded. The workings of Satan will be through human beings. But you don't fight the people, you fight the spirit behind the people. Because the wrestle is not against humans. Our wrestle is against demonic forces. It's against the spirit behind them. And be not conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Say with me very loud, I am born of God. So he says, be not conformed, but be transformed. He uses two words there. And then the word conform in the Greek is the word somophobe. It means to adapt something for what it is not designed for. To adapt something 
for what it was not made for. For example, this is my cell phone. This is my cell phone. But if I use my phone to eat rice, I am conforming this phone into what the phone was not created for. Quite alright, it will scoop some grains of rice and put in my mouth, but that's not the purpose for which a phone was designed. Be not conformed to this world means don't allow the world to squeeze you into their system because you will be a misfit. Why? You were not designed for their system. Be not conformed. Meaning you are adapting yourself for what you are not meant for. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed metamorphosis or to metamorphose or to metamorphosize where you have the egg, the lava, you know, where you come into your own manifested character, full blown, where what is inside you expresses itself metamorphosis metamorphosis is not copying something metamorphosis is what is inside coming out full-blown so metamorphosis is inside out conform is you being squeezed outside into what you are not designed for so it says rather than adapt yourself to a character outside you let there be an outward expression of the character inside you. So if you are going to have that expression, he says, do not be conformed to this world. Because the God of this world is Satan. And what does he operate through? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. There's no point trying to explain it away. You are not of this world. That's why I get very shocked. And I get seriously shaken. When Christian ministers, preachers of the gospel, invite unbelievers to come and speak in churches. Unbelievers. Satan's children. To come and speak to God's children. Satan's children. I don't care their expertise. They are still Satan's children. They tell you, you know the guy is experienced in the industry. He knows things. Is that the role of the pastor? The Bible says, where is the meeting point? This is church. This is not school. It's in the universities they look for experienced, successful career people. Not church. Church is the pillar and ground of the truth. It's where we dispense the knowledge of Christ. This is where we renew our mind from the things we learned in school.
This is where we renew our mind. From the things we learned in school. So for a pastor to bring an experienced unbeliever to come and speak to believers. Darkness talking to light. The Bible says you are not of this world. In Ephesians chapter 5, he says we are not growing. When a man is not growing in Christ, it will reflect in the kind of relationships he keeps. As you are sitting here now, think about your friends. It's a reflection of whether you are growing or not. You don't even need me to close eyes and prophesy. Right now, you know whether you are a spiritual dwarf or you are growing. Your relationship reflects your status in growth. If your confidence are more outside the church, outside Christ, it means you are not growing. Or maybe you are not born again. Because darkness will feel at home in darkness. You cannot outgrow your relationships. You cannot outgrow your relationships. You are always in church. Always. You have Christians around you. That doesn't still mean those are your relationships. You can be with us, be in church, always be here, greet us well, but your real friends are unbelievers. Those are the people, when you are with them, you feel at home. You let down your guard. You are yourself. But when you are with us, you act brother. Bless your heart, brother. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory! Glory! But you are acting. Then when you meet unbelievers, <laughs> please bring that bottle of whiskey. Bring it, bring it. Let a man wash down. That is a reflection of your true identity. Where you feel at home is a reflection of who you are. I can never feel at home among unbelievers. Not even by mistake. When I'm among unbelievers, it's like, it's like I have entered an environment where I must be careful how I operate. I can't feel at home with them. No. Far be it. My words are guarded. My utterances are, 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 are well controlled. My mannerisms are controlled and the length of my stay is very short. I can't last among them. Why? I don't belong. I'm not acting. I just don't belong. Your relationships are where you feel at home. When you are there, you are just at home. That's where your real relationships are. And if a believer is feeling at home with unbelievers, it means your mind has not been renewed. 
It means you are not feeding. It means you are not learning. It means we are wasting energy on you. Because if you are feeding on this diet, it will change your appetite. Your appetite will change. And once your appetite changes, your relationships will change. When you start feeding on the diet of Christ, you, you may not be excited. But if you stay with it, it will start changing your taste. When I used to stay in the north, there was a particular food they used to give me in the north then that I liked very much. I liked that food very well. I can eat it every day, every day, every day. When I came to Aquaibom, the condiments for that food is not here. So, it's not available. Over the years, over the years, my appetite has changed and my taste has changed. I didn't know. So recently, I asked them to look for that food and bring it. They brought it. The moment I tasted it, <laughs> what is this? No, they didn't do it well. They said, this is the best way it is done. I say, oh, my appetite has changed. I can't eat it anymore. Your taste changes when you start feeding on the right food. Even naturally. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. <clears throat> but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become its sins. Next verse. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. All the things are listed now are in our movies. Everything are listed is in the movies we watch. Today, if the movies don't have these things, it is not a movie. Fornication, adultery, nakedness, strife, competition, they are what constitutes our movie industries. And they are part of the world. Some believers are amused by silly jokes silly jokes very ungodly jokes you know ungodly jokes very ungodly jokes they call it comedy and they will sit down and be laughing as if they have been a spell has been cast on them just things that you should hear and your spirit is wounded you feel ah J jokes that when they are released it's like they are piercing you with sword because mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. but a believer will relax <laughs> as if he's sniffing in laughing gas filthy stuff how did you get there Look at verse 5 to 7 of that Ephesians. <clears throat> Ephesians 5, 5 to 7. 
Glory to God. Ephesians 5, verse 5 to 7. Put it up for me quickly. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5 to 7. Who is there? For this you know that no homemonger, no unclean person, no covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Verse 6. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Partakers means to fellowship or to have something in common with them. Look at verse 8 to 11. <clears throat> For you were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Next verse. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Some of us cannot reprove those things because they are our friends. And we don't want to lose them. So we are fellowshipping in the afternoon with the unfruitful works of darkness. There is no fellowship between the believer and an unbeliever. Whatsoever. You cannot be friends. When I mean you cannot be a friend of an unbeliever, I mean you cannot be their friend. You cannot be their confidant. You cannot be their intimate relationship. It's not possible. Light and darkness. That's why many believers struggle with marriage when it's time for them to get married. They struggle because they are confused. Because most of, of them had had different relationships in life. So because of variety of relationships variety they have been into all kinds of relationships so now they are confused they don't know which of them is good so their ideas about life is colored their friends believers unbelievers gutter believers church goers non-believers atheists semi-atheists lesbians homosexuals all of them are their friends so they are all over the place. So now they don't even know which one is which. They are confused. If you call an unbeliever your brother, that means Satan is your father. Stand up. If you call an unbeliever your brother, that means Satan is your father. Seller. <laughs> Is that a good place to close? We'll continue in the next half. What did I say? Some of you can't say it. Some of you can't say it. Because right now, you are looking for how to break it. To break that relationship. Friends, it's going to be exciting. The next few weeks. Because we're going to do a lot on relationships. Generally, everything relationship. Husband, wife, business,
contemporaries, colleagues in the office, political open uh, uh, affiliations, uh, uh, everything. Parents that are not believers, parents that are believers, husbands that are believers, wives that are unbelievers, husbands that are unbelievers, wife believers, or anything you know is relationship. We're going to get into them doctrinally. No sentiments. So that you know how to relate with different relationships in life and make the best that God has for you. Can I have a good amen? I want to hear a better amen. Even if this thing is hitting you hard, just shake it. Say that amen by faith. Say with me, I am light. I walk in the light. I have no fellowship with the unfruitful work of darkness. Satan is my enemy. The world hates me. The world hates me. I am not of the world. I am in the world. But I'm not of the world. I have on my life the call of God. The mandate of God. I'm a new creation. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, I live a purposeful life. I live a life that reflects the light of God. I am light. Therefore, my light will shine before men. They will see my good works and glorify my Father, which is in heaven. I didn't have a good amen. amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Father, thank you for your word that has gone forth with clarity this morning. Your people are being built up, equipped. Your people are being corrected. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, which will bring reproof, which will bring correction and instruction in righteousness that these men and women of God may be thoroughly furnished, perfected unto every good work. I decree that these realities will resonate in your consciousness. That this revelation will grow big on your inside until nothing else matters. Great grace is upon you. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. If you are blessed this morning, can I have a powerful shout of amen? Are you blessed? Get out your offerings. Let's give in honor of God's word. And this is what we're going to be doing for the next few weeks. In the next service, I'm going to continue. And I'm going to beg you to make sure you don't miss out what I will teach in the next service. And what I will teach on Wednesday. And we continue like that next Sunday. Amen. I said amen. Today is partnership service. And I want to say this quickly to our online community, television audience and radio audience. Partnership gives you an opportunity to demonstrate and express the fruits of your growth in responsibility towards the assignment that Christ gave us. We have an assignment of preaching this gospel to the ends of the earth. And what partnership does is it gives you an opportunity to demonstrate your sense of responsibility to that assignment through your intentional giving every month to help us meet up with the budget and to help us give expression to this assignment globally. If you are not yet a partner, you want to be a partner today, all you need to do is shoot a mail to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com and we'll be glad to send you all the information to help you partner with us as a ministry. And I want to thank all the partners around the world, including all the partners in this house and in all our campuses who continually give to support this vision 
helping us to get this gospel to the ends of the earth. Today is partnership. And because when I'll be taking the partnership in the house here, we will have signed you off. That is why I'm saying what I'm saying right now. So all of you partners around the world, you can go ahead sending your partnership and all of your support. And I pray for all of you partners around the world that you abound in grace, you abound in knowledge. I decree that you are enriched in all things. I declare that the works of your hands are blessed. Your ideas are blessed. Your concepts are blessed. Opportunities are released in your direction. You have the wisdom of God. You know exactly what to do and you do what you ought to do. In the name of Jesus, I decree that the enemy has no hold over your business, your career, your finances. In the name of Jesus, you have the favor of God. You increase in every good thing. I decree that you know exactly what to do to make money. Therefore, money answers to you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the blessing upon all our partners around the world, all our partners online, all our partners in campuses and on radio. We give you praise for blessing and increasing their capacity. And we thank you for the opportunity to be a blessing until all families of the earth are blessed. Thank you for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Well, partners, thank you again for responding to partnership this month. And together we will keep getting this gospel to the ends of the earth. All right, everybody grab your honor offering. We give in honor of Christ and we give in faith all over the world. Your partnership, I mean your honor offering, lift it up. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Father, we rejoice that we have the privilege to give this morning. We give in faith, we give with joy. Everyone giving our offering is a sweet smell before you. And thank you for the privilege of honoring you today in worship. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Hey guys, you know we love you. We love you all the time. Looking forward to serve you the grace of God at 11 a.m. GMT plus one. I want to encourage you to make sure you get all your friends, your loved ones, your family members. Husbands, get your wives. Wives, get your husbands to hook up to this teaching. It's going to reduce your need for counseling by 99%. It will bring it down. Your need for counseling. I'm, I'm not joking. I'm very serious. So you don't want to leave anybody you love out of this. We're going to be on again at 11 a.m. GMT plus one. And I'll be joining Mr. Michael Bush in the next one or two minutes to bring you as a counselor. And until then, enjoy the grace of Christ. Let's celebrate viewers around the world for being a part of this service this morning. Glory! Amen! Woo! You have been blessed by this message. For these all the messages and books by Dr. Abel Damino. Please call plus 234-806-800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com.